From the darkest reaches of space to the deepest corners of your mind. Your mind. Welcome to From the Void. Ever since I can remember, I've always been a massive fan of scary movies. In a way, they're really a continuation of fairy tales, but perhaps a little more acceptable for a grown adult. They allow us to indulge for a couple hours in a world of magic, mystery, and make-believe, with the added bonus of getting a little scare. The whole reason they're so fun is because you get to get a little scared without having to put yourself in any real danger. It's a safe way to get a little thrill. We all know that by the time the credits roll, we can walk out of the theater or turn off the TV and go back to our normal lives. So where did scary movies begin? Going back to antiquity, human beings have loved to share stories with supernatural elements. You can see examples in folklore from every culture shared orally and later found in literature from around the world. So it should be no surprise that it found its way into film about a century ago. The origins of horror in cinema goes back to the work of French director Georges Méliès. As filmmakers began to emerge in the mid-1890s, Méliès created what is widely considered to be the first ever horror movie with his short The House of the Devil in 1896. House of the Devil included everything from cauldrons to animated skeletons, ghosts, transforming bats, and ultimately an incarnation of the devil. While not a horror movie by today's standards and not necessarily intended to even be scary, it was the first example of a film that included the supernatural and set a precedent for what was to come. By the early 1900s, this new genre saw many filmmakers turn to literary classics for material. Adaptations of books such as Frankenstein, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and The Werewolf were turned to film. The 1920s and 30s are often considered to be the golden age of horror. The silent era of film saw Germany produce such classic films such as The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari in 1920 and Nosferatu in 1922 that terrified audiences around the world. American filmmakers influenced by these classics would produce films like The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Phantom of the Opera, and The Monster starring the legendary Man of a Thousand Faces, Lon Chaney. Later, the introduction of sound into film added another element with which to scare audiences, with the release of classic films such as the second iteration of Frankenstein in 1931, starring the legendary Boris Karloff, who also starred in The Mummy in 1932, and the first color adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1931. The 1930s also saw the term horror enter the current vernacular. Up until that time, they were considered films that fell into other genre categories that had a, quote, dark element. The 1930s also saw the birth of the first horror stars being born. Actors such as Bela Lugosi, who famously played Dracula, was one of the first to really specialize in the genre. The 1930s also saw the first werewolf film with The Werewolf of London and the first zombie movie in White Zombie. Around this time, horror films started to do more than just scare audiences. They also began to trouble the general public, resulting in heavy censoring and public outcry becoming common with each new release. The 1932 film Freaks was deemed to be so shocking at the time of its release that it underwent extensive cuts. And to this day, the original version is lost to history. 
Many successful horror directors found their careers suddenly in jeopardy as a result. Director Todd Browning, who had a successful film career highlighted by the film Dracula starring Bela Lugosi, would only complete four more films after directing Freaks, which in effect ended his film career. I will say, Freaks still holds up, so maybe they were right about that one. Freaks was actually banned in the UK for 30 years, sort of a weird badge of honor. By the 1940s, the tried-and-true monster movie formula began to grow stale. Ensemble films that included multiple monsters like Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman failed to find the success of earlier films. Studios even attempted to make comedy horror pairings such as Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein to some limited success. In later decades, film companies such as the Hammer Horror Company in Great Britain began to find success in the 1950s with reimaginings of films like Frankenstein, Dracula, and The Mummy, and a slew of psychological thrillers and TV shows. One famous name that might ring a bell is actor Christopher Lee, who might be more familiar to more recent audiences as Saruman in the franchise Lord of the Rings and Count Dooku in the Star Wars franchise but he made his name playing characters like Dracula and a number of other creepy characters for Hammer Studios. Another household name that emerged from the UK was Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock almost single-handedly created the slasher genre with films like Psycho. Another interesting development during the 1940s and 50s was the influence of World War II and later the Cold War on horror films at the time. The constant fear of nuclear war and rampaging mutants influenced the films The Incredible Shrinking Man, Them, the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, and Godzilla. And the fear of invasions spurred by the Cold War influenced movies such as The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing from Another World, and The Blob. Later years saw studios attempting to find new and inventive ways to scare audiences through the introduction of 3D glasses and even installing electric buzzers into the seats. They even used paid plants to scream or pretend to faint in the audiences during the eras of the 1950s and 60s. Though the cost of sustaining these types of gimmicks caused this trend to mostly fade out. By the 1960s, audiences had an insatiable appetite for gore. As a result, studios began pushing out slasher films by the dozen. These films were cheap, often costing under a million dollars to produce and turned a quick profit. Amidst the sea of slasher films, a new subgenre began with George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, which kickstarted zombie movies. Night of the Living Dead was an extremely low-budget film costing just over $100,000 to produce in 1968, going on to gross $30 million. By the 1970s and 80s, brought in an obsession with the occult, the 1980s being specifically famous for the satanic panic. Along with this obsession came a wave of horror movies that focused on demonic houses and possessed children. The most famous of these being my personal favorite, the 1973 film, the Exorcist, and three years later, The Omen. Supernatural horror was very much in fashion again, and filmmakers once again looked to literature for ideas for their next fright. This time around, they would look to contemporary literature instead of Victorian literature. A young author by the name of Stephen King supplied a lot of juicy new content for filmmakers hungry for new ideas. Hit movies like Carrie in 1976, The Shining 1980, and Poltergeist in 1982 came as adaptations to King's novels. The 1980s really became known as the decade of the slasher film. These films all followed a similar format. An antagonist who relentlessly pursues their prey, often kids, and kills them in increasingly creative ways one by one throughout the movie. 
arguably kicked off by the 1974 film and another one of my personal favorites, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 80s saw a flood of slasher films with a few standouts that continue to make everyone's list of must-watch films come Halloween. Movies like Halloween, Friday the 13th, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. All three of these films birthed long-running franchises that in some cases are still producing sequels and reboots today. By the 1990s, horror as a genre inevitably seemed to fall out of favor due to the sheer number of low-budget films all following the same well-worn formula. Horror had long since proved to be an extremely profitable genre where a filmmaker could spend very little and turn an easy profit. This, of course, results in a lot of options, but also makes it more difficult to find quality films amidst the flood of cheesy ones. With the advancement of technology, particularly CGI effects, horror movies of the 90s produced a lot of forgettable films. A sort of resurrection came from Wes Craven, the man behind A Nightmare on Elm Street, with a movie that sort of made fun of the genre itself in 1996's hit movie Scream. Entering the 2000s, filmmakers looked to new inspiration for fresh material. Source material started to come in the form of graphic novels and video games. The zombie movie subgenre also saw renewed popularity like the movies World War Z, Resident Evil, 28 Days Later, Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead, I Am Legend, and Zombieland. In the mid to late 2000s, filmmakers continued to try to find the next fresh twist when it came to horror movies. The subgenre of torture porn was coined in regards to franchises like Saw and Hostel. There are also some gems that have surfaced in recent years with original and creative films such as A Cabin in the Woods, The Babadook, and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. In the past few years, horror has seen new voices come to the forefront that have provided audiences with exciting new material such as director and writer Jordan Peele, with films such as Get Out, Us, and Nope, and studios like Blumhouse, who have kept prized properties going such as Halloween, The Purge, Amityville, Paranormal Activity, and Insidious franchises, but have also produced fresh content such as Oculus and The Black Phone. Also, Spectrovision, co-founded by Elijah Wood, who have produced creative new films such as A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, Mandy, Daniel Isn't Real, and Color Out of Space. With each new decade brings something new to the genre, and as a fan, I can't wait to see what the future brings. Now, if anybody needs me, I'll be watching The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs over on Shudder. Thanks for listening to From the Void, and Happy Halloween. <laughs>